my sisters used to volunteer at hospice. She said that one old woman confessed to her when they were alone together. She confessed that she robbed a house with her boyfriend, and then they set the house on fire with people inside. I don't think she said what happened to the people. My sister was really disturbed by this and asked to not have to go back to that room. She said it was unclear whether the woman had dementia or was just desperate to confess it to someone. Either way, pretty creepy. This happened a few years ago. We had just moved to a new city and I was about 11 at the time. There weren't any bus routes that came near where I lived, so my mom had to pick me up from school every day and take me in the mornings. The place where we lived at the time wasn't the best. I live with my brother now, things are much safer. We had lots of gang activity, kidnappings, rapes, etc. Our city's majority was also people of color, and I was one of very few white girls. This is relevant because I got a lot of attention for being a petite, white, blonde girl with blue eyes from classmates and adults. Mostly a lot of sexual harassment, but for this specific scenario, my mom didn't want to have to drive all the way to the school to get me. It was too busy with other parents picking up their kids. So she wanted me to walk to a local gas station and wait for her to pick me up there. We did this for a while. One of those days, I was standing out front of the gas station waiting for my mom to come get me. I never really felt safe, so I always stood with my back against the wall and watched the people while they got gas. Most of the time, nobody bothered me. They had places to be. But one time, this adult man walked up to me and asked if I wanted a ride home. I was so surprised and scared that he had even come up to me that I didn't even hear what he said. So I, wanting to be polite, laughed and nodded. Then, he looked really pleased and started motioning for me to come with him back to his car. At this point, I realized what he had asked me, and I was getting really nervous because I didn't want to suddenly change my mind and tell him no, but I really didn't want to go with him. He noticed I wasn't following and told me to hurry up and come. I told him that I actually didn't want to and I'd be okay because my mom should be here any minute. Then, he started to argue with me and tell me that it was no trouble and that I really should go with him because I'd get home faster. He even tried to tell me that if I went, he'd stop and get me something to eat on the way home. I tried really hard to tell him I didn't want to go, but he just kept insisting and he was starting to get closer. I didn't know if I should run inside the store or not, but I was too scared to go anywhere. Thankfully, before he could get too close to me, I saw my mom's car parked on the street where she usually waited. I didn't know how long she had been there, but I told him that my mom was here and I ran to her car and got in. I told her what happened and she told me that it was good that I didn't go with him and that next time I should go into the store if someone bugs me like that. I remember seeing him get into his van while we were driving away, but I never saw him again. Although, about a week later, a kid from my school got into a van with someone and they were missing for a few days. 
When they found them, they had been raped and dumped on the side of the road somewhere, thankfully alive. All I could think about was it must have been the same guy, and it could have been me. For those of you who frequent this sub, the fight-or-flight response is one that is discussed frequently. Later, this term was updated to fight, flight, or freeze to better encompass the range of human responses to acute stress. Luckily for me, I have never been a freezer. However, that doesn't mean that I always choose one of the other two responses either. Instead, when I'm under stress, my brain goes into complete overdrive, rapidly throwing up possible solutions for my current problem. The more stressed I am, the faster it ticks. In my first post on this sub, I told of a creepy encounter where I chose flight. In the second, I chose fight. This is the story of when my brain decided on a different direction. It was early evening in the late 2000s. I was in college walking home from class along a busy street in the crappy neighborhood that was all I could afford to live in at the time. Out of nowhere, a car pulls up right next to me and slams on the brakes. Get in the car, the driver yells out the window at me, immediately aggressive. What? I take in the scene, old, small, beat-up red car, four passengers, all young guys, relatively fit. I'm badly outnumbered, not good. The two up front are leaning forward in their seats, staring at me agitated, most likely on something. I can't see much of the guys in the back, except that they're crammed in there. Front two are not wearing seatbelts. Really not good. On top of that, despite other people being around, I'm in a neighborhood in a city where people don't stop to help. Don't call the cops. Don't get involved when they witness violence or crimes. No one walking past has slowed down or even turned our way. Really, really not good. In the couple of seconds it takes me to soak this in, the driver decides to fill the silence. Get in the fucking car. I said get in the fucking car now. We're going to a party and you're coming with us. Even more aggressively than before. Oh boy, there goes my brain. Tick, tick, tick. This tone... This manner, this guy is expecting me to refuse. He's expecting me to get bitchy. It's like he's just waiting for me to escalate the interaction. This was before I was active online. I had never heard of incels or MRAs or any stuff like that. But this guy is acting like a guy who's sick of girls refusing his advances. He has had enough, and this time he's going to put his foot down. My brain is throwing up every possible response I can make, playing out the most likely outcome. Finally, it lands. Though I would not know what it was called until many years later, I had just discovered fawn mode. My face cracks into a huge smile. OMG, that sounds like so much fun! Suddenly, I drop the smile to a look of devastation. Oh no, but I can't today. I've got a dinner with my family. This sucks so much. I would so rather go to a party. But thanks for inviting me. 
I start slowly walking up the street, not breaking eye contact, smiling and waving, but trying to close the distance I'd have to dash if shit goes down. The car creeps along, keeping pace with me. The driver sighs. Just get in the car. Far less aggressive. Oh my god, I can't believe this is working. I lean into the dipsy persona I have now adopted. I'd love to. Really, I want to go so much. But my family is waiting for me up the street. But you guys are so nice. I hope you have such a good time. Next time, for sure, I'll go. You guys are super fun, right? Yeah, I can tell. The driver's posture is becoming less tense. His grip on the steering wheel is more relaxed. And is that the beginning of a reluctant grin lifting the side of his mouth? He likes the flattery. Damn girl, you might just be able to shit talk your way out of this one yet. Yeah, you guys look super fun. A party with some cute, fun guys. I'm so there. Call me for the next party, yeah? Promise you'll call me. I stick out my pinky and thumb to my head and start nodding at them. You just have to call me, yeah? The passenger starts nodding back first and finally slumps back into his seat. Yeah, yeah, I keep chattering. Have so much fun though. Have extra fun for me. I hate that I can't be there, but promise me you'll have a great time and promise you'll call me for the next one. The driver finally leans back in his chair and smiles. Yeah, alright, yeah, next time. And finally drives off. Dozy fuckers seem to have forgotten they don't know me from Eve and don't have my number. I wave at them, wait for them to be out of sight, and finally breathe a sigh of relief. I power walk the last few hundred meters home, go upstairs and tell Matt and Lisa what happened. Probably don't need to mention that living in that city was getting old. This happened a few years ago on Valentine's Day. I'm an artist, and I would sit in front of my opened office window at night while I worked. There was no real reason. I couldn't see out, but I just liked having it open for some reason. This night, I don't think I had the actual window open, just the blinds pulled up. It was around 10pm, and someone knocked on my front door. I walked out of my office to the front door looked through the small window and saw a 20-something-year-old woman looking back at me. She was pretty and didn't look threatening in the least. She looked as if she could have been high, but I'm not 100% sure. She said something like, Hey, I think I know you. And I said, No, I don't think you do. We had this exchange a few times before she looked super frustrated and walked to her right. Which I found weird because to leave my property, she should have walked straight back down the driveway. Nothing else happened, but I was super creeped out, so I called the police to report the incident, just in case anything else happened to me or anyone else in my neighborhood. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have bothered calling, but like I said, the whole incident creeped me out. I lived in the LA suburbs at the time, and I'm sure they had far more pressing matters to deal with than some girl knocking on a door. 
I'm assuming that she went by my house and saw me through the opened window, but what her goal was, I can't say. I wish now I would have asked more questions. She sort of resembled one of my more dedicated followers on Instagram at the time, who lived maybe an hour away from me. We never met in person, but we had talked a little bit on there, and she had bought a commission from me sometime earlier. And with this happening on Valentine's Day, and my wife not being home at the time, I've always wondered if she was stalking me. But I doubt it. I've also wondered if whoever it was had someone else waiting just out of sight for when I opened the door, which is super scary. I have no idea, but after this, I stopped working with my window opened at night. I, a 17-year-old female, am very young, but I like to think I'm very mature for my age. I do things older people would normally do, like driving a few towns over to go see some friends alone. I'm still very small though, 5'1 and barely 100 pounds. In my state, there are really only two big cities that are even known, so everything else is pretty much rural and dead. My friend lives two towns over from mine. I live in one of the big cities, so I'm not at all used to driving alone in unpopulated towns. The town between my friends and mine is very dead. It's a really small town with mostly farms, one gas station, one Kroger's, a McDonald's, and an Arby's, with only a population of like 50. I was driving through the town when my phone died. I stopped at the gas station to get a charger. It was empty except for one worker, a super big guy, maybe 6'3", like over 200 pounds, and probably in his late 20s. He seemed very normal, white with curly brown hair and tattoos on his arm. I still had my guard up until I couldn't find the chargers and went to ask him. He complimented my hair, it's dyed, and my guard immediately went down. I hate myself for that. He told me there were no chargers there, then began to ask if I had somewhere to stay for the night and offered I go with him to his place. I kept declining, but he kept on insisting. I finally went to leave, and he told me the Kroger's would be of help. So I went there. I was looking around when a worker came up to me and said, Are you OP? I asked why, and he said my boyfriend was looking for me. That's when I realized he had followed me to Kroger's. I left quickly, but he got to my car already. I went to shut the door, then he held it open, starting a conversation like we were old friends. I finally got my door shut when I saw a little girl, 13 at most, in his car. I called the cops because it was 2am. I don't know what happened after that, but I truly hope that little girl is okay. I, a 20-year-old female, live in a small town. 
I go to college about 30 minutes away from the main town that people go to for their groceries and other things that they can't get at Dollar General. My friends and I often take the impromptu trip to the town late at night for cookout or Walmart. This night, it was me and my friend Lisa going to Walmart to look at the Halloween stuff. While there, we goofed off for a bit, trying on masks and talking about different costumes we could make. We were looking at the candy when I felt an eerie feeling. At first, I thought it was just my anxiety, so I got Lisa to just move into the book section a few aisles back. We were on different ends of the aisle, and I got the same feeling. I looked up from the book I had and saw a man on the end closest to Lisa, seemingly looking at a display, but he gave me bad vibes. I got closer to Lisa and got her to follow me back up to the front where the period products and makeup was. We got there, and once again, we saw him standing next to the fake nails. I then picked up a random bath bomb and dragged her to the back of the store where the milk was, and he followed us there. We made our way quickly through a few food aisles into the self-checkout. We checked out and went outside. I had us both run to my car and locked us in because I could see him walking towards us. I started my car and drove as fast as I could so he wouldn't see my college sticker on my window. Thankfully, we made it all the way back to campus without being pulled over or having any cars behind us for more than a few seconds. This encounter took place a few blocks from my house, around 1am, about a year ago. I'm a 6'2", 33-year-old male, so I'm not used to people wanting to mess with me. My puppy was full of energy, so I was going to take him for a walk, trying to tire him out a little while my girlfriend drove to the gas station to get snacks or something. A few blocks from our place, I see our car stop at the street corner. I can't see anything in the car, but I just assumed she saw our pup and wanted to say hi. So as I get closer, the passenger window rolls down, and thinking it's my girlfriend, I approach the car. Instead of being greeted by my lady, I hear a man say, Hey, sexy. I laughed a little at first, thinking she ran into an old friend at the gas station and was giving him a ride, and they are just messing with me. I admit, I was a bit high on ketamine at the time, so I was taking a second to process the situation. The man asked if I wanted to hang out with him. I politely said no thanks. Then he says, I bet you have a big dick in them sweatpants. I told him that he is fucking nasty and that I'm not gay. Dude then offers me 120 bucks to get in his car with him. I said, not a chance. I'm not like that. And I decide the little guy and I need to get away from this dude. I start to power walk past his car. I had a bad feeling about this guy. Then he tells me to get in the fucking car. The pup and I dip out of there and head back for home. Dude got out of his car for a second before getting back in his car and taking off. We went around the block before the car pulled up again. I figured I couldn't outrun him, so I was ready to fight. When the window rolled down, it was my girlfriend asking if we needed a ride which she never does. We hopped in the car and I started bawling my eyes out. 
I couldn't even explain what happened until we were home. My girlfriend said that something told her to check on us. I believe this guy may have wanted to possibly kidnap me. It was very frightening and gave me a whole new appreciation for what women go through all the time. So for some background information, me and my friend are both reasonably scrawny teenage girls. We were camping and it was very foggy outside. It was like mid-evening. So my friend and I were hanging out at the beach looking at all the sandcastles from the competition that took place earlier that day. We had to use the bathroom and wash the sand off our feet, etc. So she was washing her feet off and I was going into the bathroom and I heard the distinct sound of keys jangling. So after I got out of the bathroom, my friend was waiting for me just outside and I asked her if she had seen anyone leave the bathroom but she had just gotten there apparently. We were just standing around when I heard the keys again. I looked up and saw a man. He was in his mid to late 20s, early 30s at the latest. He had extremely greasy blonde hair, sunken eyes, a hoodie on with the hood up. Overall, a pretty sketchy looking dude. He circled the bathrooms me and my friend were standing by a few times after that but he was always watching us when we were in view, which I took note of. My friend still didn't notice, though. Anyway, a minute or two later, she asks me if I wanted to go sit at a picnic table with her, and I accepted because I wanted to get away from him. So we walked over to the table, but he followed us, and I know because of his keys. We sat at the table, and she was talking to her boyfriend on Snapchat, and I was reading over her shoulder, as I normally do. But while I was reading with her, I told her that the guy was watching us, and about what I had noticed before we went to the table. As I was telling her about it, I felt like I was being watched, so I looked over and made direct eye contact with the guy who had the keys. After we both gave an awkward smile, he broke eye contact. He walked over to another man, who I didn't get a good look at, and they kept looking at my friend and I. So we got up and walked over to the little playground near where we were. We just kind of talked, but this time she was paying attention to where the guys were. Not even a minute later, the two men walked by, over to a small patch of woods, that had a red car parked near it. Due to where I was sitting, I couldn't see the men anymore, but my friend could, and she said the blonde one kept peeking back at us from behind a tree, and the other one was out of sight. So we decided to use this to our advantage, and we ran over to the little restaurant type thing, which gave us a clear view of them, and them a clear view of us. The blonde guy got into the car with who we believed to be the other guy. Now, our fight or flight was kicking in, and we both chose flight. So we went behind the restaurant, which was closed, and had been for around an hour. We both ran down the stairs to behind a transport truck, 
that had been there since early the day before, so we knew the driver wasn't there. My friend looked out from behind the truck and saw the car from earlier circling around the area, so as soon as it was out of sight, we ran as fast as we could. And thankfully, there were other people around, so we calmed down, knowing that the guys probably wouldn't come for us with the other people there. We made it back to our campsite safely, and watched movies and stuff before we went to bed. We didn't see the guys again for the rest of the trip. Now, I know that probably wasn't the scariest of encounters, but it left us shaken to the core, because who knows what would have happened if I wasn't always hyper aware of my surroundings. I, a 31-year-old female, had a very uncomfy experience at work tonight. I wanted some thoughts to make sure I'm not, like, overreacting. For backstory, I've been helping at a small family-owned convenience store down the street from my house for the past few months. It's just a husband, wife, and their niece, so they needed someone else for a family emergency and they trust me. That said, it's kind of a shady gas station. Lots of strange people come through. I'm not exactly someone who blends into a crowd like this. Anyways, this guy came in earlier, and I heard him say, wow, when he saw me, and then he started complimenting my hair. I said thanks and told him his total. Not an abnormal interaction, but it's just the way he looked at me that threw red flags all over over the situation. After I gave him his total, he claimed he left his card in the car. He said he was going to look for it, so I was like, no problem. I helped a couple of other people in the store. A minute after those two, he came back in, this time holding his phone oddly to his chest. Then he started asking me where he was. I was like, uh, well, I think it would be easier to tell you where you're going if you're turned around. I told him the name of our current road. He told me where he wanted to go the very next town over. So I just gave him basic directions to the town he was going towards, which is literally a straight shot down the road he was on. Then he started complimenting me again about my eyes, my eyebrows, asked my height, my age, if I was single, so I just redirected again or lied. About my age, I said older than I am, I'm told I look a lot younger than I am. I get early 20s a lot. After ignoring his last question, I asked if he still wanted the stuff he came in for. He said yes. I told him his total, and he was like, oh, I left my wallet in the car. This was at the same time another customer had pulled up. He had sat his phone down on the counter and forgot it when he walked out to go get his wallet. It was open on a video. I immediately started calling my husband, who was seconds away. Sure enough, I clicked on the recent video, and he had been recording our conversation. I deleted it. Then I went into recently deleted and deleted it there too. The man walked back in. He gave me a $5 bill, and I asked him if he found his card. I also told him his phone had been going off on the counter and not to forget it again. He was like, my card? Oh no, uh, I have other cards. 
okay, then why did you need to leave to go get it? But I just said okay and to have a nice day. So then he went and sat in the parking lot with the door open until my husband pulled up. He left the opposite way as my husband, and of course, neither of us could see a tag number. It was such a concerning encounter. I didn't like it at all. How are you lost holding a phone with signal? Obviously, as it was getting messages, but he was claiming to be lost when Google Maps exists. And why were you recording me? What the actual fuck? I don't want to be at work anymore right now. When I was around six or seven years old, my brother had a friend from school come over for dinner, along with his mother and her boyfriend. I don't remember much about the boyfriend, except that I didn't like him. He wanted to play airplane with me. You know, where the adult lays on their back with their feet in the air, and the kid lays on their feet acting like they're flying. He did it in front of everyone. He never tried to get me alone, but I didn't like it. I told my parents I didn't like him, and if I recall correctly, I believe they didn't really care for him either. Needless to say, he never came to our house again. Not long after that, my brother's friend's mom went missing, and was later found dead. Turns out, the boyfriend killed her. I have never gotten over it, and the fact that even as a young child, some Something about this man rubbed me the wrong way. It still freaks me out to this day. Listen to your gut. There's a reason you get that feeling about a person or a place. So this happened a month or so ago. I was riding my scooty to the market for vegetables and watermelon. On the way to the market, there is a corridor that forms a traffic signal. I was waiting at the corridor for the light to turn green, when suddenly an automobile driver pulled up next to me. He looked like he was in his mid-twenties. At first, I thought nothing of it, but then he laughed and I turned my head towards him. He looked me up and down and smirked. So after the signal opened, I went off to the market and bought my stuff. I was on my way back home when I noticed the same driver waiting at the corridor. I quickly passed him, then he started driving behind me. I felt like he was following me, and he was. I was so scared. I drove my scooty even faster, but he was still right behind me on my tail. At this point, we were near my house, but I didn't want this creep to find out where I live. So instead of going down the lane towards my house, I took the one next to it. There was a small path where both lanes connected. It was really narrow, so automobiles could barely pass through it. At last, I arrived home safe, and the driver didn't find out where I live. After that, I never saw him again. I still don't feel safe, but I'm just glad he didn't find out where I live. So this happened when I was in seventh grade, almost five years ago. For background, I had a friend, let's call her S. 
S was a transfer student who joined my class in the fifth grade. Back then, we didn't talk. But a year after she joined my class, I randomly saw her and her mom at the stationery shop near my house. At the shop, me and S talked for a bit, and I learned she lived at the church campus nearby. After that, we spent more time together since she was in my class and lived so close to me. At the time, my mom had a small coaching business, and she used to teach classes for children. S asked me if she could join for class, and my mom agreed. Me and her used to go to classes together and became really close. So, coming back to 7th grade, S and me were always together. It was like we were inseparable. One day, I forgot to bring my book, so S lended me hers. On the last page, there was some random, not particularly good stuff written about me. I was horrified and mad all at the same time. I reported it to my mom, and she called S's mom, complaining to her. The next day, S didn't come to class. A few more days passed, but she didn't come to school. On the same day, S's mom called and said she would not be attending classes anymore. She transferred S to another school. A few days later, I found out she was attending classes again by someone who lived at the same apartment complex as me. I was on the terrace when I saw her again. I didn't want to talk to her but she came up to me begging and claiming she would never do it again. I was standing near the edge, which was not very sturdy. I felt a push from behind me. I was about to fall, but somehow managed not to. When I turned back around, S was running away. No one else was out there, so it was clear she was the one that tried to push me. I never talked to her again after that. I think she moved to a different place. To be honest, I don't think it was really creepy. More like a betrayal. I don't know why she hated me to go to that extent, but it's good that it's over. I live in Ireland, where the legal drinking age is 18. I'm 20, so in this story, I'm not breaking any laws. Last weekend, me and my friend decided that we would go out to the pub for a few drinks after a tough week at work. We got ready and left the house at 10pm. We decided to walk to the pub since it wasn't very far and we definitely weren't gonna drink and drive. About 20 minutes later, we arrive. We took our seats and ordered drinks. Everything was completely normal until I noticed two men staring directly at me and my friend. They were dressed in jeans and Nike hoodies with tattoos on their hands and neck. I thought nothing of it at first and just figured the men were a little drunk, but time passed and it was continuing to happen. My friend also picked up on it and she told me she found it quite unsettling. However, it was a very busy night at the pub and there were lots of people around. One hour passed and there was no change. Me and my friend had only had one or two drinks at this point and we were still very sober. We started to get 
freaked out and thought it was best if we leave. We got up and headed to the door, and the two men approached us and made a comment on the dresses me and my friend had on. I'm not gonna say what they said here because it was very rude and inappropriate. After they had said that was when we really started to panic. My friend called her dad as my parents were away on holiday at the time. He told us he would come pick us up as quick as he could and told us to try to get away from the weirdos. It was pretty dark out, but we had thought our best chance was to try and get home. We had been walking for three minutes, and I looked back to see both men were following us. We both called the police and started to sprint as there was not a single soul around. We ran into our apartment, and they started banging on the door. I had never felt so scared. We ran into my bedroom and locked the door, absolutely petrified. The men continued continued shouting and threatening us to open the door. Luckily, the police arrived and both men were arrested, but we were still trembling after that experience. And I think it's safe to say that neither one of us has gotten much sleep since that night or for the past week. Now, I'm aware that this was probably caused by the influence of alcohol, but I certainly do not believe that it's an excuse to make up for what happened. And in my opinion, this was a very creepy and disturbing event. I will never forget the thoughts running through my head as I ran home. Please remember to stay safe, and thank you for reading. I work for my city's water department. My everyday job consists of repairing leaks or doing installations for businesses and homes. There are two parts to our water department that keep everything running. Distribution, where I normally work, and production. Production deals with the chemical side of things. They chlorinate the water and do sample checks. Production is also responsible for the upkeep of our water well sites and our water storage facilities, like the tall water towers you might have in your city. Mowing the grass is one of those responsibilities. Both parts of our department are extremely understaffed right now, so we sometimes give the production guys a hand with the grass when they need it. A couple of weeks ago, it was my turn, and here's where the weirdness begins. My city is in central Louisiana, with a population of about 45,000 people. We're surrounded by wooded area. No matter which way you travel, in or out of town, you're going to see plenty of trees. As such, a lot of our well sites are located out in the boonies. Most of our city trucks are four-wheel drive with mud grips because it's needed more often than not. I had four sites to cut that day. I headed out before sunrise to the site at the end of a very long dirt road, where if trouble strikes, your phone better be charged because no one is going to hear you yell for help. Surprisingly, this isn't where my strange encounter took place. The sun was rising as I was approaching my first site, and on the road ahead of me stepped out a doe with her two fawns. Excitedly, I hurried to snap some pictures. To my surprise, the mama and her babies were not afraid of the loud, rumbling diesel I was driving. The speckled fawns made their way across the path as the mom calmly watched me in the truck. 
Once the babies were safely across, the mama looked back the way she came and then joined the little ones in the tree line on the opposite side of the road. At the first sight, I breezed through my mowing, loaded the equipment back onto the trailer, and texted my mom some pictures of the deer as I headed back into town. My mom messaged me back saying, I've read that deer are an omen of good fortune. Looks like you're going to have a great day. Be safe. I love you. And I did have a great day. I knocked out the next two sites without issue, and everything was going smooth, until I reached the gate of the last place I had to mow. McKeithen site is the biggest one we have closer to town. It's about the size of a football field. It's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's on the outskirts of the city. There's normally plenty of traffic that travels on the road there, so there's really no feeling of seclusion even though it's surrounded by thick woods on three sides. I've cut this spot plenty of times, but that day felt different. I pulled the truck through and hopped out to lock the gate behind me. Immediately, I felt like I needed to get back in the truck as quick as possible. I made my way down the driveway to park near the tower like I have many times before, but after I parked and killed the truck, everything felt heavy and silent. I don't know how long I sat there until I was able to will myself to open the door and get out. After I got out, I instantly felt eyes on me. The feeling was coming from the back right corner of the field outside of the fence, in the tree line where the palmetto bushes grow. I calmed my nerves and reminded myself that I was surrounded by an 8-foot inclimbable fence with a locked gate. If someone had a gun, they could have shot me if they wanted to, but they weren't going to actually get to me. If the barbed wire at the top of the fence didn't get them, a face full of weed eater string blades would. I jumped off the zero turn and took off mowing, keeping an eye on the back corner during every pass. After about two hours, it took multiple runs due to the overgrowth. I had the entire front mode, and it was time to hit the bottom back by the creepy corner. I was about to head over that way, but the mower blades wouldn't engage. So I had to take covers off, pull grass out of the belts, and out from under the deck. I had to grease the pulleys and do all sorts of troubleshooting. I finally got the blades going, but then the gaslight came on. I didn't realize it until later, but it felt like something was doing everything it could to keep me from going to that part of the lot. I finally got everything up and running and mowed the back as quick as possible, doing everything I could to keep my sight on the fence the whole time. I finally got done and loaded the mower. I still had to do a little bit of weed eating around that area. But when the weed eater wouldn't start, I knew it was time to go. I hadn't had an issue with that weed eater all day. That was the last hint I needed to get out of there. After pulling out of the gate and locking it behind me, I turned onto the highway to head home. But not without looking back in that corner one last time. That's when I finally saw it, the unmistakable shadow of a figure standing in the palmettos. It wasn't trying to hide or make itself unseen. It was there. Being a safe distance from it, I stopped and watched. The figure moved to the side as if it were trying to bend to see me better on the road. It had no distinguishing features, no hair, no clothes, just a person-shaped mass. 
I decided I had to get as far away from there as I could. The thought that I had been so close to it for so long and never saw it sent chills to my core. I called my mom later that night and told her what happened. My mom told me she did some more reading about seeing a deer and learned that they are a sign of protection. That some people believe that a deer means a higher power is watching over you. After my mom told me that, I couldn't help but think, what if I had not seen the deer that morning? Would I have even seen the shadow? Would it have been able to do something to me? Why did it choose me to show itself to? Is it something about me, or was it tied to that part of the woods? My mom texted me even later that night. She was sitting out on her back steps when she heard some rustling near her storage shed. She shined her light into the darkness, and what stood there but a deer. Deer had never come into her backyard before, but that night, a large deer stood tall, staring back at my mom. She told me she felt like it was there as if to say, It's okay. He's safe. Don't worry. We've got him. Hello, chill and thrill seekers. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this type of content, please consider subscribing. If you got a story, feel free to submit it to my subreddit, r slash Links in the description below. Thank you, my spoopy spectators. Be safe out there. I'll see you again soon.